Hey everyone, it's Doug. The episode you're about to hear was recorded last week before the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota on Monday night. We are heartbroken and grieving along with a lot of you over this, but it won't come up in tonight's episode and we want to let you know why. Anyway, here's the show. Black, white, and mixed. Black, white, black, white, and mixed. Black, white, and mixed. Come on, black, 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 and black, 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 white, and mixed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Black, White, and Mixed, a black, podcast about race and culture in America. I am your host, Doug Ogden, and I am here with my friends, Brandon Johnson. What's up? And Kenny Roberts. Skirt! I don't know why I did that. What's up, people? You don't have to have a reason, man. You could just do it. I mean, I guess I, I was gonna, I was gonna say that you know all cool people have a reason for the things that they do. Maybe they don't. You know what I'm saying? It's just I highly doubt it. Maybe being maybe being cool is not having a reason. I was gonna say it might be quite the opposite. Cool people specifically mm. don't have a reason for why they do the things they do. They just do them. They just do them, and they make no 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 apologies. I will no excuses. I will say though, of all the sounds we make, that's not really our our favorite sound effect to make. Right? We're all fans of the. Uh, the Kevin Hart vehicle, Real Husbands of Hollywood. <laughs> Ski! Woo-woo! <laughs> That's how we find each other in the stores. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's when, right. When we uh, used to make our 11 o'clock at night target runs, so we get lost. That's right. Ski! Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> woo Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, back, he back there, and uh, he, he's just getting some more, but he's good. He's good. You know That's that, right. You know that man. He's always in sporting goods. <laughs> get some more. I was gonna say get some more baby food. Yeah, yeah, too probably. Yeah, he he needed more pacifiers. <laughs> yeah, we 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 graduated from Doritos to uh, baby wipes and. That's right. The shop. That's right. The shopping list changed a little bit over the That's years. That's right. Just a, just a little bit. A little little uh, little changes to the shopping list. Oh man. Mm. Kale man. chips. No, never kale chips. Bruh, actually, kale chips are actually pretty good. This is the thing. Especially homemade joints. You take yes. kale. Homemade little, is great. Little olive oil. How are y'all both on the same salt. side on this? Hey, ho- homemade, the homemade ones? Those Thank are dope. You. I wish I could high five and butt patch you right now. Oh my gosh. High five like good, like, Yeah, like good game, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My dad always said you can't hold the pat. If you hold the pat, that's when you get in trouble. <laughs> that's what he told yeah. me yeah I wish I could have met you dad. oh my goodness that's funny well I hey like we can actually we I can like talk it. about that I mean right so yeah, what so you're gonna say you two you two what I'm just kidding I know you, you I know you I know you met your dad I'm it was a joke met my dad so the whole thing that that i'm sure doug has been trying to say for who knows 10 15 minutes i don't know how long we've been talking (laughs) not that long it's not that long the whole thing that that we are going to talk about today is that like we're just going to do a check-in we haven't we've been busy we've been tired we've been going through a lot of stuff doug and kenny are still uh working um in at at their location not at home um, Both Brandon and I were traveling to different states, and Kenny was yep. in at least at least one other county in North yep. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of stuff going on, so we are finally back, at least. ready to record. <laughs> so we're doing some check-ins, going back through some things. We've had some time to like listen to some new things, watch some new things, 
uh, read some new stuff. So we're just kind of talking about some stuff we've already talked about and hopefully being able to ex- expand on that and challenging each other and blah, blah, blah. So I'm telling y'all that my dad or my, my uncle reached out to me uh, two weeks ago and was like, really? hey, no, I've talked to my uncle a bunch. But my uncle reached out to me and was like, hey, your, your dad called me and I think he's, I think he's trying to like, you know, I don't, you know, make some amends wow. um, and that he wants to, really? he wants to start with you. Now, wow. none of that stuff has come to wow. fruition at this point, but it was interesting. I mean, yeah. it was, mm. it's, it's, we've kind of talked about some of that stuff. Like there's a lot of there's a, a large need for processing the stuff that has happened right. in my family. Um, sure. More specifically, the dad stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Who there's knows? a lot of history behind that. There's a lot of history behind that. And there's a lot of hurts mm. and a lot of realizations when you're like, oh man, I'm yelling at my kid. And uh, that's what my dad used to do. I think oh, I need wow. to work that out. Yeah. You know, sort of like something yeah. like that. And you don't yeah, even have yeah. to like really be like yelling, you know? It's just like you, or like doing anything specific it's just you're you're all of a sudden like you do something or you react a certain way and you're like oh i remember this Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. was i hated this yeah yeah so there's something coming up here yep yep you know yeah is that is that something that you're interested in pursuing i think i think it's that realization that like no matter how much you pursue it there's always some new angle that you've never touched before Mm. Um, so like, you know, I, I felt like I had worked through a lot of the family stuff, like in counseling. And again, this is, you know, it's just more of like, I've worked through some of it. Um, but then we had Theo, um, my oldest boy. And as soon as we had Theo, so much stuff came up. Right. Mm. Right. And, Mm. and, and then now that he's older, new stuff is coming up where you're like why why won't you just listen to me and it's like everybody is probably dealing with very similar like three-year-old stuff if they have a three-year-old they're probably dealing with similar things but their reactions you know as parents our reactions as parents are just so different and so that's where it's like new stuff is coming up and I'm like all right I gotta work through that (laughs) great I I can just add that to the bottom of my 15 page list (laughs) you know so yeah that's real yeah shout out to all of uh you like us that have notes on your phone for things you want to talk to your counselor and therapist about. oh gosh yeah no that's real man because i think like i mean it's at least my experience in counseling dealing through like different levels of trauma like as you start peeling back the onion like there's more there you know what i mean so you start digging through some of that past trauma some of that past hurt like legit there can be more there than you ever realized and it's almost like uh you got to go further in to get out you know what i mean like oh yeah, oh, yeah. you gotta you gotta keep digging like at some point if you like are digging and you hit that hard ground and you're like nah i'm out then i mean you're not really working through it you know what i mean and it's hard work yeah. like i'm not i'm not there are times in my life where i couldn't you know what i mean i had to walk away i just didn't have the emotional maturity or whatever totally. it was to to work through whatever those past hurts might be but legit i think it's like once you start digging like it, it's probably going to go way deeper than you realized mm. and i'm not saying that to you i'm saying that in general that's how i think 
you know, hurt kind of, kind of works. Well, and, and I think, you know, I think the trend is shifting, but especially for me growing up and then what has been told to me by my, by a lot of people in, on, on the black side of my family, um, actually really it in any side really, I guess, but maybe there's more of a stigma on the black side, but from the male perspective, you know, if you have to go to counseling, it's like you just can't deal with your ish. You can't deal with your shit. You know, it's like you don't you don't have the mental grit, the mental toughness to just like push through it all. Mm-hmm. Um, to like stuff it down enough um and like deal with it. And so, you know, I've had several conversations where you're like um you know, family members are like, so you did counseling. How, how was that? You know, like, was that helpful? Because they're, they're telling me that they're like, I have all this stuff that I know I need to work through. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I can go to a counselor and then talk to them. Like, are they going to like commit me to, or, you know, give me some drugs or <laughs> Put me commit in a me to, yeah, you know, <laughs> something like that. And it's like, yo, that's so real because I happen to have had a fairly decent counseling history but prior to like moving to North Carolina like counseling was trash mm. like it I hated I like I didn't want to tell anybody my stuff this is personal to me like mm-hmm. why do you yeah. and, and my mom and my dad were always like probably more my dad was like you don't don't tell people your your business that's your business sure. Right. Sure. like right. if somebody asks you how much money you make like I'm not telling you how much money we make. It's like it doesn't matter. You don't need to know. It's my business. You know, like that that kind of stuff. So, um, so it's it's super hard, and I think I'm still pretty guarded in that regard. But sure. yeah, I think it's gotten a little easier to just share what I feel like needs to be shared about myself in order to work on it and to be mm, given yeah. the tools to work on it. But that's good. Who knows. I need to I need to find me a counselor who who I I don't know. BetterHelp, right. BetterHelp dot com. It's perfect. Yeah, for they're right now. they're not a sponsor, but we'd like them to be. Oh please, <laughs> right. please. So, so BetterHelp uh, is amazing. BetterHelp dot com. This yep. is our uh, this is this our free is our, ad read. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I may need to try that because the thing is, I keep running into you know my my counselors at like Target, and then it's like it's like awkward. It's like man, like super awkward. We're 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 reaching for the same bag of apples, and I've told you things. So, yo, I know about are, that. Are you are you analyzing the bag that I grabbed, right. or you know, well, it seems if like I you're just if I just the bag you grabbed, if I moonwalk away, are we gonna talk about that next? <laughs> yeah, you know, can can you not see me if I just pretend to disappear that's right. into that's the right. produce section? That's right. So. I, yeah. I keep I keep running I keep running into counselors that I that uh, that I've had sessions with, and like. You know, oh, turns out we go to church. Oh, that's deep. Yeah, don't want to see you every day. Yeah, it's not ideal. <laughs> or every or, or every, every week Sunday. outside of yeah. a session. Right, so, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, I know multiple I, people that have done BetterHelp, and, and it's always, I mean, people ooh. love it. Yep. BetterHelp, yeah. licensed, licensed counselors in your state. Okay. Mm. Is that is that what you do? Yeah. Did you do BetterHelp? Yeah, BetterHelp. And you can do, they. it's like on different rates. Like you can do it by the week. By the month, by the quarter, by the year. Oh, cool. Wow. There's a financial option. So, like, you can apply for financial aid right on the app. Mm. Okay. Um, you, Kenny, what did you ahead? ask? Nothing, never mind. Oh, he's I'd like asking to, something like, stupid. He's like asking something stupid. I think I heard him, but I, I want him to say it. Go ahead. 
I just asked if they if they take EBT. That's what I thought you said. Do Dang they take it. EBT? <laughs> All right, so oh. we're just gonna go ahead and end this shit now. Oh gosh, <laughs> I on. can't believe that. I thought you said that. I was so mad at you, and turns out I was right to be. Um. Uh, yeah. So, but before we move on from counseling, though, I would like to give one very hearty and very sarcastic thank you. To all the grown men who tried to not get help and just stuff their problems way down, because that oh, yeah. didn't work. Yeah, no, it didn't work. And can I just say the uh, the men of the following generation uh, were not better for for that decision. So uh, we are pro counseling, pro getting help, and pro growth around here. Yeah, but but I will say, you know, I mean, I wonder if they're just products of the generations before them as well, too, though. I mean, you know I think I think there's a level of truth to that. I also think that, like, I mean, because I I think like I know like, you know, for some situations like people just didn't have like access to counseling. Like you just that's true. you had to just figure out how to deal with your stuff. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I don't know. I think like I think for the ones that's like. That poo pooed it just because of stigma or just because of you know macho-ness. you know it's like all right, you know yeah that that sucks. But at the same time, I wonder if that's something that's learned or if it's just you know if it was just a product of being like macho and hard headed or if it was something that was learned. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and I think you know I think I'm I'm more. Um, like my cynicism is probably more directed at the toxic masculinity aspect of it mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, real men don't cry or real men don't show emotion or whatever, you know, um, when it's like, nah, that's just not true. You know what I mean? Like I remember like yeah. literally turning 30 a couple of years ago and be like, yo, if I don't figure this stuff out, like I'm going to be a 40 year old dude with daddy issues and that ain't cute. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is time. It is past time, but it is time, you know? Yeah. And yeah. just like legit sat down with my counselor and was like, all right, let's start working through it. I don't even know, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, but it's time, you know? Um, it was like a scene off of Goonies where Chunk is <laughs> is sitting there and they're like, yo, tell us everything. And he, he starts going into the third grade. When I was sitting in the back of the class, I pulled the chair out from under Bobby and then he fell on his butt and I blamed it on Diane. Oh my gosh, me and Chunk have the same story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so tr- that, that's a good transition. I watched Back to the Future last night for the first time. I really? Don't talk about that. Are you serious? First time ever. Did it all hold right. up? What do you think? So, all right, two questions. Have you both seen it? Yes. Okay, when's the last time you saw it? Uh, 15 years ago. Okay. It's been a while since I saw the first one. Okay. So, my wife and I are planning on watching two and three at some point oh if we can gosh. stomach it. Two is scary. All right. Two, so, two is scary, and three is probably my favorite. So, the premise of one is that he is trying to not have sex with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's, oh, yes. it's very much a possibility throughout the whole movie. Oh, yes. Okay. And then would he run into an I'm my own grandpa type situation? I don't even know. I couldn't think about it. But there were parts of it that were enjoyable. In in general, I'm not an 80s fan. And I know that's like not a very popular. Like I know a lot of people love 80s movies. I I, I know a lot of people love like the 80s movies. I just don't. I don't get the appeal. I've never seen Breakfast Club. I've never seen any of the. Never seen Breakfast Club? No. We watched that in school. 
Oh, I didn't go to school, so that explains a lot. Oh, that's right. We didn't watch that in homeschool. It wouldn't have made any sense. That's right, that's right. Why, Shirt, why, sex, and jeans. Why are these children hanging out in a weird room with a lot of books and... Anyway. Um, you don't know I, what I a library is. I literally ki- couldn't keep doing that joke because I don't have enough context for that movie to know what they're doing. Anyway. What, is detention. what is detention? Yeah, oh, detention. That's right. right. That's right. Right. They just called it time out. So anyway, in general, I'm not a fan of 80s movies, but Kristen really <laughs> wanted to watch Back to the Future. I heard that homeschool diss, by the way. Um, so anyway, we're going to watch two and three, but there are aspects of that movie that do not hold up. That's all I'll say about that. I don't think they held up mm. in the time. Whew. Mm. Well, so speaking of media and well, TV and film, mm-hmm. I think that Kenny was telling us that he finished Black AF. Uh, right? Oh, man. I did. And? I finished, I finished Black AF and... Blaff? AF. <laughs> Black AF. Um, oh, my gosh. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It I, I have changed my tune... Um, you know, which, which, I want to put it on record. Like, I wasn't saying that I didn't like the show. I was just, I was just denoting the danger. Play the tape. I know, seriously, I'm just going to play it you back. Can, you can run it back. I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> you can run it back. I didn't say I didn't like it. Uh, I just said, I, I was just, I was just making a note. Crackers. <laughs> <laughs> I was just making a note that it could be dangerous, you know, for for white audiences or for people who do not have a context of what black people are like. But I will say that it, given the span of the of the show, they did a good job of growing the characters and showing the nuance of the struggles that he was um that he was that the that he was that Kenya Burris was encountering. And so I think, yeah, I I am a fan. I have changed my tune. Awesome. I, I still think it can be somewhat dangerous, you know, but at the same time, I think, you know, I I yeah, I've changed my tune. It, you know, great show, highly enjoyable. Uh, I think you can learn a lot from it if you if you actually take time to analyze. And that I think that's the big thing um, is taking time to analyze. Hmm. And I don't, you know, people don't really do that when it comes to, you know, shows and media, um, unfortunately. But I think when you take some time to analyze, there's there's a lot that you can get out of it. Cool. So, yeah. Really enjoyed the episode with Tyler Perry. That's a yeah. great episode. That's that so really funny. Is, man. So yeah. Funny. yeah, I feel like that was kind of a turning point. Okay. I mean, I even like the way they chose to tell the story with his daughter, like as the documentary. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? I just thought that was such a cool choice. Yeah. Because it gives you all that like character commentary. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. It's just a great way. I don't know. I I just thought it was a great way to tell that story. Yeah, and it's it's through it's through the eyes of someone who is close to him who you know she's supposed to be looking up to her parents but then finding these these struggles in 
you know, the way that they do things and their personality, but then comes to, you know, comes to understand them a lot more, you know, comes to understand the nuance, um, you know, behind so many things, you know, race and family and, you know, so it, it, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I feel like in there, there's an episode that, um, um, Oh my gosh, I just lost her name, and that is oh, Rashida Jones. That was so weird. Do you ever think about that? You're just like talking, and all of a sudden it's like, it where, where did where did it go? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's called it's called a stroke. <laughs> that's, well, that's very sad. That's, oh my god, it's very sad if anything. Um, there's an episode where where Rashida Jones is talking about you know the, how she's mixed, and 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 she goes into this. I, well, oh well, back up. I'm making Anna watch Black AF because I told her. And Anna, your wife. Anna's my wife. Yep. Yeah, oh, sure. interesting. Interesting. You're yes. married. I made. I've. I've been making Anna, my wife, watch uh, Black AF because I said there's a ton in here that I identify with, mm. and that like my my dad my dad related to me in a lot of these ways. I I was like the way that they fight, the way that I fight with you. Like I'm seeing all these things play out on mm. screen and they're not the exact same things or the, the exact same fights or anything like that but it's just like you're watching it you're like oh man and then there's so many other like internal struggles and stuff like that so maybe that's why i like now watching back through it the second time um you know there's a part where rashida jones character being mixed um in real life and on the show is like going into this whole thing it was like if you're mixed the whole thing that you have to do is is like your whole life is to prove that you are black enough, like right. that you are who you say you are, right. and and there's some funny parts like she's at the coffee shop or whatever and <laughs> and orders a drink and the person is like reading off the name and it's like <laughs> Black Joya, <laughs> he's like oh that's me, <laughs> but um, but it made me laugh because she she says something like. Um, he's like, that's why, you know, like, that's why I dance and stuff like that. Like, you know, if you can stick to the beat and you can dance really well or whatever, like people, people, when you have like any melanin at all, people will get off your back. And, uh, she looks over to her daughter and and says like, can you dance? She's like, what, like, what, what is even the point or whatever? And she's like, right. It does. Exactly. It doesn't matter. You're black. No one will ever ask you. They don't care, Mm, but they'll ask me. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like you don't have to know, you don't have to know all the black uh, subculture if you're actually black you don't have to know all this other stuff if you're you know if not even actually actually black and see i i just said that I said sure actually black. yeah that's mm. part of it yeah stupid yeah yeah but it's like if you're mixed you have to prove it you have something mm. to prove um well and b and i've even heard you talk about this before in fact it might have been on on the show but you talk about like you know, when you drop the, you might drop the N-word in a conversation, you know, if you're in like a room full of black people, just to like show like, yo, I belong here. Like, trust me, I'm black. Mm -hmm. And and then also we've mentioned before that Key and Peele sketch where it's like, you never want to be the whitest black dude in the room, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 100%, 100%. And that whole code switch, the whole code switching sketch is really funny too. Where like, (laughs) where they're, y'all know that one, right? Where they're, uh, yeah. yeah, in fact, we should go ahead and recommend that people watch it because code switching is going to be a, a subject that we cover probably more in depth at, at some point. Right. Because, um, right. I, I mean, I, I think on some level, all, all three of us are affected by that, and probably a lot of people are. But I think 
anyway, that's just be a, a good thing for them to watch because we reference it already and it's funny, but it's also something we're going to cover in depth later right. on. Right. Definitely. Sorry, go ahead, B. No, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's, the whole thing is, is even since, like, uh, watching Black AF and then even talking about the, just a couple weeks ago when we talked about, like, media and stuff that we'd, we would recommend, you know, we've had several people talk and reach, talk to us and, like, reach out um, personally and on um, social media and stuff like that, and I think the reality is we're never going to be able to cover all the stuff that we would actually, like, talk about or recommend um, and whatever, but I've been listening to and, and like paying attention to a ton of new things even since like two weeks ago and we were talking about it a little bit before we started but I I have recently started listening to Trevor Noah's book um Born a Crime Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just like I'm I'm trying to like play into this mixed aspect um Mm -hmm. of like of who I am and like other listening to other people's stories and stuff like that and 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 it's amazing to hear you know, one of the things that Trevor Noah talks about is that he, you know, his, his mom primarily taught him English first mm. um, and then taught him several other um, African, uh, African languages so that he could sort of like make his way in, mm-hmm. in the world. Wow. And one of the things that he talks about is um, everyone knew that he was mixed because... Mm because the complexion in South Africa for, for black folks is a lot darker than he was, than mm-hmm. he is. And uh, so everybody knew that he was mixed and that's, you know, that's illegal. So one of the ways that he was able to like prove that he belonged where he was or like get people off of his scent was by using language. So mm-hmm. somebody might ask him in Afrikaans, the white language, um, they might ask him, like, say something like, who are you? What are you doing here? If he was in, like, a, an area that he might not otherwise be or maybe he shouldn't have been. And if he just spoke to them in Afrikaans, they would just, oh, sorry, you're good. I thought you might have been someone you were, you know, someone else or whatever, and they'd back off. Wow. Um, and, and then he talked about that with, um, with several of the other, like, African, African languages, too, where someone might, like, he, he told a story about uh, he was walking down the street and these black folks are walking behind him, speaking in in another language, and they're saying to each other, "Oh, we're gonna like we're gonna rob this this white dude." Speaking to Trevor Noah, that's the funny thing. What? Right? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna rob this white dude. How should we do it? What should we do? And he just turned around, and like spoke to them in their language and said, "Hey, hey, yeah, I'm down. Who do we want to rob? Let me know who we want to rob." And oh they just start. <laughs> so they start they start laughing and they go you know, my bad, we thought you were someone else. Like, we wow. we thought you were something that mm. you're not, you're good. You know, like, wow. we'll, we'll leave you wow. alone. And, and I thought about that and internalized it in the sense of, like, dialogue, or um, mm. di- uh, dialects, you know, like, where, mm-hmm. like, that's the whole code switching thing of, like, wherever you are, being able to, like, blend in and make sure that people mm-hmm. understand that you are who you say you are. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's what I gravitate towards and like hold on to and like that's why the n-word is going to come up in uh amongst other black folks who are using the n-word sure right because if they're not then it's like we don't need to talk about it like we don't need to Mm. we don't like i don't have to do that i can i can prove other ways or whatever it's it's and it's only when it's tested right Mm. it's only when it's like 
I have something to prove here um, and I might feel insecure where I'm at or like I'm feeling insecure in this place right now. So I'm going to just make sure I like throw it out with force, with gusto, with like, I feel good. I'm not, I'm not scared of this word. This is my word as well. This is my, like, you're talking about my culture as well. You're speaking to someone else who has shared in similar experiences, maybe not the exact same experiences because we're all different humans, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you know. Um, and that's, Mm. that's always worked. Luckily, that's all, that's always worked out for me. I think (laughs) when I say that people always are like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) Like that's that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, my coloring, as we've talked about several times, just often puts people at edge on edge. They don't really know. Most people either assume or they have no idea. Hmm. What assume I assume that you're white. Most white people, I I made a joke. I don't know if I've said it on here before, but most white people think I'm white. Most black people know I'm mixed, and most Latin people are like, yeah, yeah, he's clearly Latin. So I just fit in wherever. <laughs> do you do you see that as do you see that as a gift or a curse? Uh I mean, I think again, I, I think that moving to North Carolina it's felt much more like a burden of like, I have to prove to everyone, like to white folks and to black folks that I am who I say I am. Because there's, there's often this like, you know, oh, you're not as dark as me. So that doesn't like, you don't count. And, and then you like, look, like look over and you're like, there's another person who is like a hue darker than you know on the color wheel or whatever is like a a hue darker and and they're like they've never had a problem and you're just like why do we have to argue about this like you don't even know you don't even know me i'm telling you i'm mixed Mm -hmm. why do we have to talk about it um Mm -hmm. but that's on both sides and that to me is an issue um and and points to, to kind of clear ignorance of how color presents and and all that. I mean, J- the James McBride book, um, The Color of Water, talks a lot about that too, where he, you know, it's a, a black man um, who has a white mother and he he identifies as a black man from a white mother, but he talks about his siblings. He's got 12 siblings and every single one of them is, he's like, you know, on one side of the spectrum, we've got, you know, she uh, she might be considered white. You know, has light light mm. hair, just like uh, loose curly hair and and colored eyes, but they all came from the same woman, and you know, uh, the same dad or whatever. And but there's just these different shades, mm. and it's just the reality that like different you, genes are weird, <laughs> right? The genetic mm-hmm. code is weird, um, and there's n- it's never going to present in one single way, and you know you can kind of you can kind of point to like black folks are going to have black folks clearly and white folks are going to have white folks um but once you start mixing once races start to mix and and have offspring that's when you're like all right who knows how this is going to present we don't know sure (laughs) there was a gene that was like recessive recessive from like four generations ago and i just happened to carry it and and here it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know um stuff like that who knows? Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, that's deep. That's deep, man. I appreciate you being open and sharing. Yeah, for sure, man. 
Um, one of the things, and, and Kenny, we'll um, give you a chance to, to share another recommendation as well, but um, years ago, our, our church here in Greensboro uh, recommended a book called More Than Equals um, that they were trying to kind of have everybody in the church like like read. And uh, I remember reading that, and that really, especially, you know, I, I mean, that was probably, what, eight, nine years ago, um, mm-hmm. really kind of, you know, began to help shape some of this stuff. I moved to North Carolina 10 years ago, um, and then, you know, we read this book. And I might have even been right away. I can't remember. Anyway, um, I remember reading through that book, um, and it's it's a really interesting read. It's, it's very faith-based because it's about these two guys um, and, and their church in Jackson, Mississippi in the 80s, I think, um, and how they were beginning to kind of live on the other side of the civil rights movement, and the church was growing and, and blending and, and changing a lot, obviously, and so they were running into these brand new problems where you had people that didn't look like you sitting next to you at church for the first time, you know? Mm. Um, and it's just so interesting that, you know, 30 years later, we're still dealing with so many of those same issues. Um but I remember it just being a very progressive um, kind of movement and, and just kind of a very forward-thinking church, and they were just committed to – I mean, I, to be honest with you, I don't even know at that time if, if they used the phrase anti-racism. <laughs> um, mm. But but l- thinking back on it now and, and that being kind of a, a word that's used in our zeitgeist, um, right. that's what it felt like they were. It felt like they were not just um, – not trying to be racist, but rather that they were anti-racist, you know? Right, um, right. And so I would highly recommend that that book. It's a little bit older. Uh, I think, you know, you can still find it on Amazon. It was written by um, Spencer Perkins, who is John Perkins' son, um, and then Chris Rice. So they co-wrote it together, and they were both members of this church in Jackson, Mississippi, that was um, mm. just navigating through a lot of these issues on um, ethnicity and race and, and, you know, influence and voice and all that kind of stuff within the context of the local church. Um, and I just found it to be super, super helpful, super educational, um, and kind of beginning to shape some of these conversations. And again, for those of us, uh, you know, uh, that are, you know, uh, you know, follow Christ and, and, and in the faith, there are some specific aspects to this conversation, uh, regarding the image of God and every living person, um, that, should be and and hopefully are hugely influential to how we view ourselves and view each other and who we call brother and sister is 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 not about the color of your skin and and more about just this you know human condition and and the aspect of being alive right Mm -hmm. um so anyway the book is called more than equals uh highly highly recommend that's what's up i'm gonna i'm gonna have to and it's it's cool that that we're going through and you know, just as we um, talk and interact and, you know, as people interact with us, um, that we're able to to get recommendations from others. Definitely. You know, as well as definitely provide recommendations um, like I'm going through as we as we talk and I'm exploring some of these recommendations as well. And I'm learning a lot and it's making me, you know, feel things that and think about things that not not that I haven't thought about before, but it's making me engage and think about things that I'm 
I'm normally pretty uncomfortable. I push negative feelings to this. That's, that's something that, there we go, back to counseling, right? <laughs> that's something that that, uh, that I need to work through in counseling. I, I just let things roll off me. Sure. I, don't, I don't simmer on negative, you know, thoughts and negative emotions and, you know, how I feel. And I think growing up for the longest time, because issues of race made me feel mad and sad and mm. you know angry mm. i i didn't really engage them and think a lot about them but seeing the the necess the necessity to do so now you know it's also yielded the necessity to engage those negative you know, feelings and, and explore them and see, okay, how do I, you know, how do I actually feel? What do I actually think? You yep. know, for instance, right. you know, I was listening to, um, Brandon, you recommended, um, on the I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah. On the margins. I don't remember if that was, um, when we were given recommendations or if that was yeah. just, we were talking about it at a different time, but yeah, you know, but that recommendation was, it was, uh, was huge. I went back and I started listening and, you know, it was, it was interesting that the setting that the story, the setting of the place that the story has been told about is Greensboro, you know, and, and Winston-Salem. Um, but there, but in, in this particular story, they were talking about Greensboro and I know the intersection because it was of, of the area that they were talking about because that's over by where my aunt lives. Oh, my wow. Aunt and uncle. Wow. And... You know that that's right. If you go up, uh, if you go up the street, you dead in into the area that the lady's talking about, and then um, you know. And I actually used to live there because I lived with with my aunt and uncle, you know, through college. So yeah, um, which I mean, I didn't know a whole bunch about Greensboro at the time, you know. But I could definitely see the difference. Mm. You know, and it's even. I think there's there's even more of a stark contrast and even more of a visible difference now mm. that that they've been remodeling and you know re uh, you know re- revitalizing downtown. Right. Um, and so, but I'm I'm listening to to on the margins, and they're talking about the disparity in in you know fair housing and you know in. Um, you know, black ownership of houses, you know, and, you know, talking about some of the systems that are in place, you know, and it's, it is just, you know, it's bringing up just all of these, you know, feelings of, of anger and sadness and disappointment and, you know, confusion, you know, even, Even, you know, on on a, you know, just kind of on an everyday level, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Sure. But coming to grips with the fact of coming to grips with the fact that putting systems in place 
that will marginalize particular, you know, races or cultures takes conversation, takes planning, takes forethought, right? Right. And to think about the the type of person that you would have to be dealing with to put you know that would put that that much thought and planning into you know creating you know such a separation just makes me very upset mm. you know but i think it it takes you know really you know thinking about and dwelling on these things a bit and pondering these things and allowing it to upset you i think those are the things that's necessary in order to to push um, people to want to change things, to push people to want to make a difference, to push, um, you know, to push for for changes in in cultures and systems and things like that. And so, um, so I appreciate that recommendation. All that to say, because you know, it it really you know forced me to engage, and it was very educational. Um, you know, for for anyone who you know, who wants to know more and it's like, I want the statistics, I want the data, right? Um, is is very educational in, in helping you to understand that, you know, there is a systemic problem in, uh, in America. And, and if, you know, if, if you, if you would like just a little bit more of, of, that picture, I would recommend the fourth episode of Dissect and the first season of Dissect. Mm. Uh, the host gives a great definition of systemic racism. Okay. And like, as I was listening, um, he was just giving the definition. I was like, man, that is, that is dead on. And he doesn't, he doesn't spend a lot of time on it because that's not what the podcast is about. Um, it's a music podcast, you know, but he he get he's analyzing um uh to pimp a butterfly which is a, uh an album by Kendrick Lamar and you know in you know talking about um the album you know he he goes very in depth on um you know Kendrick's background and things like that and one of the things that he needs to go in depth about because some of the things that Kendrick talks about is um the systemic problems in uh, in America when it comes to race. And so he gives, you know, this definition, um, that is just spot on. Um, but you know, this is what systemic racism is. This is where it's seen in the history of America. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, and then he moves on. But so I would, I would highly recommend, um, you know, listening to, you know, if, even if you just want that, a good definition, um, of what sure. systemic racism is, and and some some very specific instances, I would I would recommend um, the fourth episode of Dissect. Yeah, that's great. And well, Kenny, on that on that note, I wonder we we did not want to go this episode without mentioning um, Mr. Ahmad Arbery, who was uh, killed um, back in February. I believe mm. it was in February. Um, mm. The video that went viral uh surfaced you know uh, within a day or two of our last recording so we did not get the chance to discuss it yet 
Um, but Kenny, on that note, I wonder if you could just maybe talk about that for a second, if you're willing, um, because that is yet another of many cases of systemic racism and mm-hmm. how that has robbed um, yet another uh, young black mm-hmm. person of, of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm, and so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we did not get a chance to to talk about it. Um, you know, just because it it has allowed it to kind of simmer, um, and just kind of sit with me um, for for these you know three week two two weeks um, since the video surfaced, um, and I so that I think the day it was either the day it surfaced or the day after it surfaced, um, Brandon stopped by the house, you know, and he was just like, yo. Like the joint messed me up, you know, and I hadn't seen the video, um, and I, you know, I, you know, to be one hundred percent honest, um, you know, I, I feel like I've been kind of numb to, you know, all of the, I'm like, well, there's another one, you know, and it's just you, you just get to this place of, well, it's still happening, mm. you know, and then you just keep living life. But to see the video, um, you know, my my wife wanted to talk about it that evening and, you know, she was pretty upset by it because she can't, she, you know, this is her life now. You know, she she married a, a black man that very well could have been, you know, me. I, 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 I was going to say I run. I used to run, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know. But that very well could have been me. You know, she has two brown boys now. Yeah. And, you know, she's just thinking about, man, like, this could be my babies. At some point, I could be, you know, crying over their death, you know? And... Yeah. But I, you know, and even then, I didn't want to... I didn't want to engage just because I was kind of in a, you know... In this, this I didn't have the words, I guess, um, but it took me really, you know, taking some time to really sit with it, watch the video, um, and it just makes me angry. You know, it makes me so sad for yeah. for his mother, you know, for his family, um, and it makes me angry. Uh, NPR did a, a segment. They were talking about it, and they were uh, they did a segment uh, where they were just kind of you know talking about the the police department in in that part of um, uh, where is he at Georgia? Georgia, sorry. Um, the police department in that part of Georgia, and they have a culture of you know, protecting their own, right? Mm. Um, they have this culture of sweeping things under the rug, mm. uh, you know, and, you know, after investigating, it just kind of came to light that there's been a lot of corruption, a lot of, you know, things that have been hidden, um, you know, and so it's, it just, it just continued to highlight that there are still very broken systems in in this country, there's still a, a problem with race in this country where, you know, people think that they have 
you know, just because they have the right to bear arms or just because they're born uh, a certain color, you know, they have the right to to dislike and to take the life of somebody just because they're a different color. Right. You know, and then you have your your people who who look at it and they don't you know instead of focusing on the tragedy of a lost life they would much rather focus on oh there has to be more to the story mm. there has to be more you know there has to be some reason why you know they you know why they shot this guy right right um and so I I think it's just continuing to highlight that there there are still problems that need to be dealt with. Right. You know, in this country. And I think I think we're in a place where you can no longer be numb to the fact that it's still happening and just brush it off. And I I, I mean I think we've been in that place, right? You know, but even more so now, you have to, you know, I think we have a responsibility to be talking about it, to be speaking out, you know, and, and I, I, I would say for, for, you know, for black people and for white people, you know, who are, who are advocates, you know. Like the responsibility is on both sides. You may be mourning in a different way, you know, but mourning is mourning, mm. you know, and you're, you know, I can't say just because I didn't know him personally, I can't mourn his death, you know, because I'm, because it's not the same grief as, as his mother, you know. I can I can mourn and grieve too and pray for and come alongside his mother and his family in in saying that this needs to stop. Yeah. This needs to change. You know, and so in this in the same way, you know, for for my white brothers and sisters, you know, your mourning may look a little different. You know, you may not have a a personal experience, you know, like this, you know, but you know, you can still stand alongside your your African American and minority, you know, brothers and sisters and saying that this needs to stop. Yeah, definitely. You know. Um and so <clears throat> Well and it needs to stop for everybody. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it it's happening to minorities a lot. Um and that's you know, that that's what is kinda constantly making making news headlines, but like you got white folks, you got unarmed white folks being shot. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, and, and that's not what the Ahmad Arbery um, story is about, obviously. But it's just like, it just seems like there's a lot of problems and you don't have to, like, you don't have to make it, you know, like we, we have to, I think in on our side we're making it a race thing because it's like look at what's happening why is this happening and why are like why is nobody being held accountable for it but you if you want to look and you want to see the white folks uh the unarmed white folks being killed the same thing why is this okay like it's clear that our system is broken 
And there's so many people hurting with this kind of stuff happening. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, w- I went over to, to Kenny's house the day that I saw it. It, was the, it, w- it came out that day. Um, I went over to Kenny's house, and I was just like, I don't even know how to deal with it. And then I was talking to Doug on Marco Polo, and I'm just, like, yelling at my phone. Like, I just had this, like, emotional, really emotional response where I'm just yelling. And I come out of my my uh, bedroom, and, and we had people there, and I didn't realize that they had gotten there. Wow. And it was like, uh, mm-hmm. are you good? And I'm like, I was talking to Doug. She's like, you were talking like that to Doug? And I was like, no, not to Doug. Just, like, in general about what's mm-hmm. going on, you know? She's like, I was just so angry on, like, this weird level. And yeah. I I think that I'm probably in the opposite... Not the opposite. I'm in a very different space than you are right now, Kenny. And I think it's because I watched the show Waco with Anna. Oh, yeah. And, and, and a few other things, too. But, like, Waco, you know, talks about the whole Branch Davidians... Branch Davidians um, in, uh, in Waco, Texas in 1993, I think. And that's the whole, like, Waco massacre where it's, like... Uh, 76 people died and 25 of them were children when like when like Mm. you know the ATF decides that they want to go in and like you know serve search warrants to people or whatever and it's like there's two sides to the story of course but it just seems like it's another one of those things where like law enforcement is not doing what they're supposed to do and they're just trying Mm. to like you know they're treating human beings like tick marks and, uh, you know, like, it's all about their status and where they're at and, and what they're doing. And, and so, like, mm. I'm in this, like, really bad spot where I'm mm. like, see, the government is not for me. Mm. And mm. I thought that that's what, like, that's what we are, that's what we vote for is for them to represent us. That's what we, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. And you're like, if we, if we let this stuff, like, become as insidious as it can be, right, and just, like, let let the government let like not hold people accountable for things that they're doing i don't know it just feels like it's a slippery slope that takes us into you know some of these other countries that are dealing with really tough things um you know like i don't i don't want to point to one specifically because like that's not what we're doing here but i'm just thinking right. about like no there should be an outcry from human beings in general if you saw mm-hmm. that video you're like mm-hmm. no no one should ever be treated that way. Ever. Mm-hmm. No one. Not, not, it doesn't matter what color you are. No one should ever be treated that way. Much less yeah. have it be put on Snapchat. Much less have it be like publicly put out. And it, yeah, much less it take crazy public outcry and the video to surface on the internet for somebody to say, well, shit, we should probably take these guys in. Like, that should have been from the beginning. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, it should have been from the, from the absolute beginning. Right. These men should have never been out. You know, like, it just, it's, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, it's it, so my, infuriating. I will, after seeing, because the first video I saw, you know, was kind of, it was kind of cut. Like, you hear the gunshots and then it kind of, you know, it kind of cut, it stopped the video. Um, but the second video I saw, cause I, I saw a link, um, that was talking about the daughter of the, of the two, um, of the two shooters. Um, you know, the daughter posted on, 
a picture of of the of his dead body of Ahmad's dead body on on her Snapchat, and you know when called out about it, she said, you know, I'm just a a fan of true crime. Uh, and you know, and then there was a video link of the, you know, the shooting. Um, you know, again, so I, you know, I watched the video again, and this one was the full. You know the full clip of you hear the gunshots and then you, you know he's off, um, off camera and then you see him come back on screen and takes two steps and then just drops dead mm. and my my heart just stopped, mm. you know and I was just, just frozen in that moment, um, you know just thinking about like this is a this is a young man's life, you know he was twenty five years old. You know? Yeah. Just running in the neighborhood. You know? And so... Yeah. It it really... um, It really made me angry. Really makes... Makes me angry. Um, Because you want to think the best of... Of human beings... You know, right? But the truth of the matter is that, you know, there there are there are people out there who are just just hateful, you know, just filled with hate. Um Well dude, there's been there's been so much of that. Right? I mean Right. It's it's just to the point where like I don't know what to f- I don't know what to feel because you know like like you said Kenny there's like a, a numbness there's a numbness that comes with like you know okay there's another you know another um black body you know another video mm-hmm. another thing another whatever like another person just you know being stopped while black <laughs> like that's that's the only thing they're guilty of Yep. And you're just like, you know, I think I shared a video right after that one of, you know, there's a a black man who gets stopped and he's like, he's just talking to the officers and he's like, I have a gun in the back, you know, it's a, it's in my trunk. Like, yeah. I'm letting you, you know, like tell, he's, he's like complies that with everything and then, and then he ultimately gets like, you know, yanked out of that, put in handcuffs, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. There's been several videos of like, you know, there was a, 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 a a delivery man who was like delivering a, an appliance in a gated community. And when he was leaving with his truck, you know, he gets stopped by one of the people that lives there. They like, they bring their, there's only one, you know, road in and out. And this person drives their car and blocks the street, not, and won't let the delivery driver leave until he tells him how he got in the, in the, Oh you know, gosh, man. it's, it's ridiculous. And it's this like long thing where like someone else comes out to like, quote unquote help and is like asking for, you know, just tell us how you got in here. That's all we need to know. And the dude's like, that's not any of your business. I like, I don't need to tell you that I'm leaving. Like, let me leave. Ask your friend to like move his car so I can leave, please. And you know, it's just like this, you can't do your job. You can't do anything because it's mm. like, like you have these people who are so ingrained in hate and the 
they weren't born that way. Somebody taught them to hate other people and to fear and to, you know, have this, like, to, to feel prejudice in such a way, you know, that, like, makes them live their lives in a, in a weird way. And, and we act, you know, I think we talked about this before, but we, we act as if a lot of people act like we've moved on. You know, we are in this post-racial era and it's just so clearly not true right that i i don't know i it's hard to see these videos now like it's hard to watch them and not be like i'm going to go rage for 4 mm. hours i'm going to mm. freak out and just scream at the top of my lungs until i can't anymore cuz i don't know what to do um so i think my next thing is to start looking into like local causes Hmm. (laughs) and like i would love to figure out how we can like yeah actually if there's anybody on you know who's like listening and is like yo i know so and so that you know has started some local cause that's just a social justice thing hit us up let us know about it yep yep because i think that's definitely the next thing for me yeah, that's great. Um, if it's okay with you guys, I, I'd maybe like to just leave the conversation there. Um, it doesn't feel right to even try to tie a bow on it because it's still so messed up. Yeah. And I think if we walk away from this still feeling the tension that it's unresolved, that's what we need to feel because this mess is unresolved. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 I hear that. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for listening to Black, White, and Mixed. Um, Yeah. I feel it. I don't know if y'all feel it, but I feel it. Um, (laughs) So anyway, um, as always, we want to encourage you guys, our listeners, to get involved and uh, please be a part of the conversation um, because it's an important one. So I am your host, Doug Ogden. I'm Brandon Johnson. I'm Kenny Roberts. And we will talk to y'all real soon. Thanks for listening to Black, White, and Mixed. We'd love for you to engage with us and to be part of the conversation. So if you have any questions or ideas for topics that might be good for us to tackle, send us an email at bwmpodcastmail at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast. Thanks again for listening. Black, white, black, white, and hands, hands, black, white.